Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Graham Wilson. It's Donate Life Week from the 29th of July till the 5th of August. Always a good time to think about this, but the focus is on it during this week. So it's a great opportunity to find out some more about organ and tissue donation, something that apparently most of us don't want to talk about. If you look at the statistics, fewer than one in five of us ever discuss this with our loved ones. But how would you feel if your life was saved? because of an organ donation. It's a selfless act. And so today on Wellbeing, we'll find out some more about this fascinating topic. And joining us on the program is Lucinda Barry, the CEO of the Organ and Tissue Authority. Thanks for joining us, Lucinda. Hello, Graeme. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to Australians today. I want to find out a little bit about the history of this. How long has it been going on for? Australia's had a national program for organ and tissue donation for the past nine years. Over that nine years, we've had significant change in how we deliver care around organ and tissue donation. We've got two programs. One is relating to the community and promoting and raising awareness about organ and tissue donation and uh, having a register for people to opt in to be uh, donors. And the other side of our program is very much about the clinical side of organ and tissue donation. So over the uh, past nine years, we've had specialist doctors and nurses put into hospitals across Australia. Currently we have 95 hospitals across Australia who have either a specialist doctor or nurse located within the hospital or servicing the hospital who actually work with the intensive care units and families when there's a donation possibility occurring in a hospital. The clinical side of it is world's best practice. We've looked around the world and taken what's been happening uh, around the world and the clinical system within a hospital is the way to increase organ and tissue donation within Australia. Yes, it's, uh, it's an emotional topic for a lot of people. Can you just explain to us, if people haven't really thought about what organ and tissue donation is, what is the whole process? With organ and tissue donation, particularly if, if I talk about organ donation itself, organ donation occurs when someone is at their end of life and generally here in Australia it is when someone is in intensive care, um, basically has uh, at end of life uh, time and they have the opportunity to donate uh, major organs. Those organs include the overwhelming majority of organs that are donated are kidneys, but also liver, lungs, heart, pancreas, and every now and then a little bit of an intestine. So basically it's once a person dies, they uh, have the, potentially the opportunity to donate their organs to somebody who is exceptionally unwell and waiting for a transplant and those organs save their life. It's life-changing, transforming for them to be able to have that. Just to clarify, when people go on a register, they have the opportunity to be an organ donor. But in Australia, because you need to die in certain circumstances, and that includes being uh, in a hospital and generally in the intensive care unit, or at least the uh, emergency department, 
to become a donor. So really our potential donors in Australia uh, in 2016 out of the 150,000 people who died in Australia in 2016, only 1-2% uh, of those actually had the opportunity to be a, an organ donor. Tissue donation is a little bit different, so when you talk about tissue donation, it's about uh, bone, skin, eyes. Now, you've got up to 24 hours after death that you can still donate uh, those, so there's different circumstances um, with both of those. and. However, if you become a uh, an organ donor uh, out of an ICU, you can still donate tissue as well. So it's very much time is of the essence, isn't it? Absolutely, time is of the essence. And uh, I think a lot of people in Australia might not understand, but um, people who die in road trauma on the road or people who die at home... Um, there isn't the opportunity to be a, a, an organ donor. However, they still have the option to be a tissue donor in Australia. All right. Now, what age group are we talking about of people who can donate? Anybody can donate, basically. Uh, that's what we like to tell people. So there, there is a bit of a myth out there that if you're an older person that uh, your organs aren't able to be donated or your tissue... One of our oldest organ donors has been 87. So what we're encouraging is everybody to register on the Australian Organ Donor Register, which is easy way to register now is going to donatelife.gov.au and it takes less than a minute to register. You just need yourself with your Medicare card and you're able to register. If we look at younger uh, donors, definitely um, babies, uh, who pass away, unfortunately, do have potentially the opportunity to be a donor as well. The register itself, though, is for people over 16 only, um, but parents can make the decision uh, at the bedside if their young um, baby or child uh, passes away. In the circumstances, they will be asked whether they want to um, proceed to donation. If somebody does join the register, can that be um, overwritten by the relatives once the once you die? Graham, here in Australia, and like overwhelmingly every other country in the world, uh, families consent at the bedside for donation. Now, uh, as in the person's unable to consent at the bedside to be a donor because we're talking about people who are in intensive care on life support. Uh, so their family, and it, and it is really important that the family are able to uh, be a part of this discussion. So that's uh, why we actually want people to join the register. If, they've, if you've indicated that you want to be uh, an organ donor on the register, over 90% of the time, if the opportunity's there, you'll go on and be a organ donor and your family agree and uh, respect your wishes. If you've even just told your family, 74% of the time families who, who know will actually go on and respect the wishes of that person at the bedside. Right. Now, I notice uh, your background. You've been CEO of the Organ and Tissue Authority since September last year. But before that, you've had a, a very illustrious career, part of that involving nursing and um, trauma coordinator at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. Is there a link between trauma and what you're doing now? Absolutely, Graham. Uh, my first career for 
14 years I was at the Royal Melbourne Hospital, a major metropolitan hospital in Melbourne and in, uh, spent a decade in the emergency department with the last five years as the trauma coordinator. What that actually means is uh, working when people come into hospital following major trauma, so road trauma, um, pedestrians who might have been hit by a car, people who've had falls or um, uh, unfortunately some people who've been stabbed or shot as well but um, look a, a significant number of people who suffer severe head injuries go on to have the uh, to be potentially to be organ donors, uh, the the two ways that uh, people become a donor is one is if they are brain dead, and as you can imagine, people who ha who suffer severe head injuries often go on to be brain dead. Where what that actually means is, is that their brain is not able to uh, receive any blood flow, and so they're technically uh, only alive from the life support that they're on. So, in in my time at the Royal Melbourne. I had many discussions with families um, and basically followed people with major trauma throughout the hospital and working with families and making sure that their end of life wishes were fulfilled because um, if somebody wants to become a donor they should have the opportunity to be a donor. I need to point out when I was doing my um, job at the Royal Melbourne we didn't have this system in place and uh, this would have been the system that Australia has now with donor coordinators in the hospital would have very much helped um, us in the sense of donation but at the time it wasn't there so uh, I had a number of conversations but not very many people were going on to being donors at that point in time so organ donation is something that I'm really passionate about in my career I have seen a lot of people who um, have died unexpectedly and seen the grief that their family goes through and had those conversations with them but um, I've also seen people who are waiting for a transplant who um, Will, their lives will be saved if they are able to get a transplant. So I've always been a believer in organ donation and the opportunity now to be the CEO and help lead Australia's organ donation system is um, such an amazing opportunity and um, we really are able to help people by giving them the gift of life of a, a transplant. You talked a little bit about the history of it uh, at the start of the program, but I guess uh, in one way or another, organ donation has been going on for quite a long time, as, as long as surgeons have, um, you know, wielded the scalpel. It definitely has here in Australia and overseas as well. Uh, the, the key from the 1960s onwards um, internationally. Uh, I was in Spain a couple of weeks ago who are the world leaders in organ donation actually going through their hospitals and looking at their systems and uh, they were doing their first you know, key transplants um, in the 1960s. But what we have seen with our, with our program that we have put in place and it's important that you know, we recognise just how far Australia has come in the last nine years. We've more than doubled the number of organ donors within Australia. So last year we had 510 people um, become donors um, thanks to their generosity and their family's generosity. And I think the other key thing is um, we've 
since the program started. We've had over 10,000 people receive a transplant here in Australia, so uh, that's pretty impressive um, of, of the work that's been happening out there in our hospitals across Australia. What are the kind of objections that you get around families wanting to give permission for their loved ones' organs or tissues to be given? Is there a common thread? There are very few families who actually say um, no if they know their um, their loved one's wishes um, or they're well educated about organ donation or transplant. So if you find a family who actually knows someone who's got a transplant, you will actually see that most of those families are pro-organ donation because they've actually seen directly the results of what happens when someone gets a transplant. But for those those people who haven't either um, talked about or thought about whether they want to become a donor, um, one of the biggest problems is, is that when families who are making this decision at generally the worst time in their life when their loved one is in an intensive care unit on life support they just don't know what the person wanted and if they get to that point you know our consent rates are under 50 percent because it's another decision the family needs to think about um, in detail and they feel that you know it's a big decision to make if they're unsure whether they're doing the right thing by their loved one who who hasn't actually talked to them about it so not just joining the register but trying to have families actually talk to each other about um, organ donation or if they'd be willing to be a donor is really important. Yes, I can understand. It's a very emotional time. You just don't want to let go, do you? And you could see, uh, I don't want to sign this off right now, you know, while there's a glimmer of hope, of course. Absolutely. But look, um, just to, to confirm, um, our, there isn't a discussion at the bedside about organ donation unless um, the medical staff have um, confirmed that the person's going to pass away. So they're either already brain dead or um, they... Um, once they pull the life support off, the person isn't going to be able to survive. So our specialists at the bedside, our doctors and nurses, don't have that conversation until the clinical team in the ICU have actually got to the point where they aren't able to um, uh, basically save that person's life. That person is going to die. So, um, But when you're hearing that news for the first time, I mean... You know, a lot of the time it takes a number of times for it to be spoken to even sink in because, you know, it is the worst, most emotional time of a family's life. So we let um, our specialists at the bedside, um, families will comprehend that and then there will be discussion about organ donation and if they want to proceed. And what we try and make sure is that we give families the best support that they need, that they can ask the question so that they can make an informed decision, whether that decision's a yes or or a no, we just want to make sure that we support families through this time and, and the decision that they're making, they can walk away with and be comfortable that that was the right decision for them and their loved one at the time. On the hospital side, Lucinda, there must be a process that happens. I guess, um, you know, everybody at the hospital is all geared up, ready to make this happen, given that it has to happen so quickly. Yes, yeah, so uh, we've got about 250 uh uh, trained specialist staff across Australia throughout all of our major metropolitan hospitals as well as our um, 
many of our regional hospitals. Now, the intensive care unit uh, will notify one of our coordinators, donor coordinators, if, there's, uh, if they're about to have end-of-life discussion and then the process happens through that. So we've got dedicated um, nurses who coordinate the donation process and work with uh, the, the, both the hospital staff and the family at that time um, to do that. And that, that's, you know, the best way because it is, as well, it's quite time critical um, in the sense that if a family um, says yes to donation, you also want it to occur as quickly as possible. But there are steps that we need to take because in Australia, you don't become a donor unless there's an identified transplant recipient. You're listening to Wellbeing and we're finding out more about the topic of donating organs and tissues by speaking with the CEO of the Organ and Tissue Authority, Lucinda Barry. Lucinda, the organisation that you're the head of looks very well organised. In fact, you have kits for teachers to use in schools. That uh, begs the question, when is an appropriate time to broach the subject with children? So, uh, thanks for that question, Graham, and I think it's really important. I think the absolute key thing is is that parents really should decide uh, when the right time to uh, discuss donation with their children is. Once you become 16, though, uh, you can actually nominate to go on uh, the donor register yourself and decide that you want to be a donor. So there's sort of the key, one of the key programs that occurs across many states and territories is done with uh, year 10 and 11 students before they're getting their driver's licence and it's a for example, in South Australia as part of what's called the party program that's done by their um, South Australian uh, roads. Sorry, I'm not exactly sure what they're called, but um, like the um, NRMA in New South Wales, South Australia, I attended theirs and they have 8,000 students went through a a one-day program each to uh, look at uh, road trauma and texting and um, the downfalls of drugs and things and what we have done is there is a component in there that talks about organ donation that puts it in a little bit more perspective and a a mum uh, talks about her son who became a donor at 17 so that is one of the key things that we do but when it comes to schools um, in high school there's a number of high schools who want to talk about donation we've got a a very educated group of uh, children coming through our world now, particularly on social media as well, so they will see parts of it. For me, uh, I've got a, a nine and a five-year-old. My nine-year-old is aware about organ donation. She came and did the Gift of Life walk with me in um, Canberra last year, and we sat down and had a had a talk uh, about what donation was uh, in quite simple terms, but about you know, she, she's heard of other people who've passed away. So I think when children are younger, it really is up to parents to gauge um, at what 
what um, age they believe they can have this conversation. But you might find a number of uh, younger children are pretty educated, particularly if they've got someone in their family who has had a transplant or somebody who's on renal dialysis waiting for a transplant. But ultimately, our registry is for age 16 and up. So getting people in um, later high school before they turn 16 is a good way to educate them. And what about multicultural and faith communities? Do you find there are some communities that won't accept organ donation or participate in it? Graham, the great news is, is that the Organ and Tissue Authority has done, um, and through our Donate Life um, agencies across Australia, has done a lot of work with particularly the faith um, organisations and multicultural organisations and I'm really pleased to say that across all religions, all major religions in Australia, um, that they have all uh, publicly come out with statements that they support organ donation. So um, we we continue to work as well, as you know, we're a very multicultural society here, so local community education occurs through our Donate Life agencies. We have one of those in each state and territory that work with local communities, and particularly if they need it, we've got resources done in most languages uh, that are used in Australia as well. So we're constantly trying to uh, work with the community, and we're here when the community needs extra resources, which are all on our website at the moment as well. Can you just give us that website? Because I want to talk about the Book of Life, which I think is a fabulous thing on your website. Of course. The website is donatelife.gov.au. Okay. Uh, Just before we get to the Book of Life, can you tell me, will the families receive any information about the patients who have benefited from the donation? So what we have in Australia is um, there is definitely the opportunity for um, both uh, recipients and donor families to communicate um, through an anonymous letter, thank you letters. Um, Our Donate Life agencies in each state and territory coordinate that. So yes, there is definitely the option for them to say thank you. Interestingly, uh, Graham, uh, one thing we need to remember is that when someone does get a transplant, that um, once they've got the transplant, they have a bit of a health road as well that they need to follow before they are fully recovered. And that's sometimes depending on their transplant and how well they were, because most people are pretty unwell when they get it. That can, you know, that can take um, six to 12 months or even longer for them to get back on track to where, you know, they're in very good health. So um, sometimes that uh, thank you takes longer to come through. And as well, interestingly, since I've started in this position and talking to transplant recipients, I haven't talked to one recipient that doesn't carry around a little bit of burden of guilt um, because of how they've received their organ. Um, They're exceptionally thankful. Um, They cannot thank um, the donor and their families enough for giving them that gift of life. But they also then worry that they might not live up to the expectations of that family. So sometimes it takes them. In fact, I just heard yesterday at uh, the Royal Prince Alfred had a gift of life ceremony yesterday and a a recipient of a liver spoke yesterday um exceptionally moving and he he said he's trying to uh, basically pen his thank you letter to his family and he said but no words can actually describe 
what he wants to say to them in that sense of thanks. He's now 12 months post his transplant. He's been trying to write that letter for the last three months and he said he wakes up every morning and he tries to write what he wants to say but he just said words cannot actually describe uh, the thanks that I have to my donor and their family. It's fantastic that you are collecting stories in this so-called book of life which you can access on the website that you gave us just before i've read quite a few of them and it seems that everybody while they are heartbroken that their loved one is gone they are so pleased that their loved one's life or loss of life in fact in the end has given hope or given continued life to somebody else that seems to be a thread running right through these wonderful stories Graham, most of the donor families that I've spoken to as well, as you've pointed out, it is a heartbreaking time for them, exceptionally emotional, and many of them, the one thing that they can take out of the loss of their loved one is the fact that they have been able to give life to somebody else, um, and in fact, you know, it can be five or six people that um, benefit from that. So I think many families it is the one positive to come out of a exceptionally negative time in their life and um, it is a way for them to try and reconcile that some good has come out of this tragic event in their life. Do you have time for a short story from the Book of Life? One of them, uh, uh, there's a young girl who's actually on the front page of our website, um, Samvi, she's five, um, she's received a liver and without that liver Samvi would have potentially not been here and I, I think if you go to our website which is donatelife.gov.au you'll see this very precious little five year old girl who um, through no fault of her own needed a liver and she is on her trampoline with her little pink bike next to her and she is living life again because of a very, very um, special person who has donated and their family have agreed to that. So um, I would encourage everyone to, who, who maybe if you're not sure about organ donation, to go and look at the book of life because what what we have found is if people can actually reconcile um, what this really means and the impact that they can have there are very few people who wouldn't become a donor given the opportunity so we know that overwhelmingly about 80 percent of Australians you know think that organ donation and tissue donation is a good thing to do but unfortunately um, that doesn't translate into people joining our register so that's our big drive at the moment but um, there are numerous people who um, I have met who both recipients and donor families who are out there trying to spread the word and our book of life is about making it real and so that people can actually see what happens and what donation is about. Wonderful. Lucinda Barry, the Chief Executive Officer of the Organ and Tissue Authority, thank you for joining us today on Wellbeing. Thank you very much, Graeme. And if we can just get everybody who's listening to donate one minute of their time, go to our register and actually join up to be a organ donor at donatelife.gov.au. Thank you. And that web address once more, donatelife.gov.au.
I'm Graham Wilson. Thanks for listening. And all of us at Wellbeing wish you well.